live from Parts Unknown, it's the KNA Sports Picks Podcast. Alright folks, yes, this is our comeback podcast. Um, um, some of our listeners may have known that we were going to record uh, episode right when the World Cup came out and also before the baseball season um, started. But unfortunately, I had a little technical difficulties on my end, so it's, it, this is a comeback podcast. And it's also, we uh, didn't have a chance to talk about Russell Wilson leaving the Seahawks, and this is a comeback season for our beloved Seahawks. So how are you, Tanner? Doing very well, yeah. Great to be back. Um, great that the podcast is back. You know, it's starting to turn towards summer, so optimism is in the air. And yeah, I'm ready for a great podcast. All right, spring spring starts eternal. You know, it's a start of the uh, baseball season. So you know, no matter how your team is doing, you know there. At the beginning of the year, there's there's always hope as the the Braves pulled last year. But um, before we dive into baseball pick, um, you had some excellent takes on the the World Cup uh, on our podcast that uh, didn't go out to the masses. So um, so Tanner, what what was your take on the U.S.'s draw? Yeah, I think the U.S. had an exciting draw. So we drew into a group with three other teams and will for sure be facing England and Iran. And then the third team we'll be facing is not yet decided, but it will either be Scotland, Wales, or the Ukraine. Um, So obviously the match against England will be the toughest because they're one of probably the top five teams in the world. But anytime England and their former colony, the U.S., play, there's always some bitter feelings, you know, dating back to all the way back to the uh, Revolutionary War. So that's always fun. Then, then we should be favored against Iran, but there's always geopolitical uh, tension in that game as well and many U.S. soccer fans might remember quite famously in, during the 1998 World Cup Iran beat the U.S. in a huge up upset so you know that the U.S. is going to be hungry for some revenge um, and then yeah the playoff team will 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 be fun too um, Wales would be the toughest opponent to a face, but Scotland is good too. And of course the Ukraine with all that drama going on, you know, might be tough because the whole world would probably be rooting for them to win. So yeah, it's a group I think with geopolitical drama, with historical drama, but all three games should be quite fun. So it sounds like from, from your take England game will be, we should be the underdog. Iran, we should be favored to beat them. So it sounds like the critical, critical matchup will be who we play: Scotland, Wales, or Ukraine. Of those three, who would you like to see the U.S. play? What would be the easier draw of those three? 
Scotland, I think, would be the easiest. Um, and I think Wales would be the most difficult. Um, but again, they're all three solid European teams. So I think that's going to game be going to be a critical game. Um, and it's going to, to be tough. We're going to need to win at least one game and maybe get two draws or win one more. But I think we definitely have a viable path out of the group. So uh, as far as playing those, all those teams are, are Northern European teams. The World Cup is in Qatar. And the U.S. you know is has some hot regions, and some of the players come from more um, heat. Do you think the U.S. will have an advantage there playing in in Qatar? And it's not in Europe, so it's going to be a hotter environment, and it's not going to be on the European soil. Yeah, it will be really interesting to see how that plays out um, because it, it's going to be in November, but there still could be games that reach triple digit heat. Um, so it's going to be a really tough environment. Um, it's also going to be uh, interesting because we don't know quite how many players, I mean, they'll have, they'll have been two to three months into their uh, seasons over in uh, Europe. So the timing of this world cup is typically played in the uh, summer when players might have, a month off between the the uh, World Cup and when their uh, season uh, finished, but in this one they'll be coming right off their uh, season. So there could be um, there could be players that are hurt. There could be more uh, tired legs. Um, so it's going to be uh, fascinating. So that then depth may play a part in whoever wins the World Cup. If if you're talking about injuries and. And yeah, all that during the mid middle of the season. Exactly, depth, which has, to, which should work well for France and should work well for Brazil. Um, France, probably their uh, second team, would be one of the uh, favorites to win the uh, World Cup. Um, that's how much depth that team has. So, so speaking of France and Brazil, um, they know we're we're a ways away uh, from from the World Cup. But if, if you had to today go to Las Vegas and lay down a Benjamin, uh, who, who would you lay it down on? All to Brazil. Um, I think as always, they have the most talent. Um, they've had now three or four pretty bad World Cups um, where now they haven't won since 2002. But I think they're due. I think they're due for a breakthrough. So you heard it here folks, Brazil to win the World Cup over France. And do you have a long shot favorite? Like uh, uh, maybe uh, you want you like a, a little bit better odds than yeah, Brazil or France? Um, I, I think Belgium could be a dark horse. They are, they've had a golden uh, generation that's starting to age, so this could be their last run as a, a team. Also, uh, Portugal uh, Ronaldo, um, this could this this could be his last World Cup, though he says he wants to play in two more. Um, and they've been playing well these past few years, so I think they would be a great one to put a long shot bet on. I like it, Belgium and uh, Portugal for a long shot. So I might have to. And don't uh, forget uh, Canada. 
back in the World Cup for the first time since 1986. Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. Canada. Yeah, can't forget our uh, friends up north. No. <laughs> uh, thanks, Tan. Uh, so, you know, before we head to baseball, um, you're our resident aficionado for, for the EPL, the English Premier League. You um, I guess uh, there's only a couple more games left. Do you have any... Any thoughts on what's going on over the pond? Yeah, well, it looks like Manchester City is in the driver's seat to win their their back-to-back uh, title in their fourth in five years or some something crazy like that. But uh, Liverpool is still three three points back, which is essentially one game back, so it's still not uh, over. And then in the race for the top four, it's between Arsenal and uh, Tottenham. Um, I think uh, Arsenal's four points up now, but the two teams play on Thursday for a huge match. So London will be on the edge of their seat. So I'm partial to uh, to uh, Tottenham, but I will be rooting for them this uh, Thursday. It's a must win. If they Where's the match? In the top four. Where's the match? Uh, is it? Uh, Arsenal's Tottenham home? Stadium. Tottenham Stadium, and and coming into the match, is there one team that's on, on better form? They've both been playing really good form. Okay. Um, I think Arsenal's won their past three games. Tottenham won won their past few, and then they had a crucial draw at uh, at uh, Liverpool, which is one of the toughest places to play in the whole league. So. They're both in great form. They're both well coached. They both have a talent. So I think it should be a great game. But I'm saying it here: Tottenham two, Arsenal one. All right, go Hot Spurs. Um, before we move into baseball, I actually, the uh, football guy here, has has a take on on in England football. And uh, it's it's the League One, which for those people that don't know, there's. There's the Premier League, which is the top league. Then the second league is the Champions League, and the, then below that is League One. And so it'd be like the uh, Double A. Yeah, so it'd be like the Double A. And um, so the way that the system works is, if you finish in the bottom three of the Premier League, you get relegated to the Champions League. And if you finish in the bottom three in the Champions League, then you have to move to League One. Well, I watched a Netflix show on on Sunderland. Um, Sunderland till I die, and they finished in the bottom three of the Premier League. Then the next year, bottom three in the Champions League, so they moved down to the Double A of, of English. So, you know, being a Mets Mets fan is uh, you know someone who suffered through um, teams with dysfunctional owners. We have a great owner now, but um, I kind of uh, follow them, and and they they are uh, made it to the playoffs in Wembley. Uh, on the 21st. So if they win on the 21st, they will move up to the um, Champions League, the Triple wow. A, the Triple A. So I mean that's that's pretty that's pretty exciting uh, for them. But that yeah, was that's a, huge. That was a really good documentary because it was behind the scenes of of a team, and usually these behind the scenes views of teams are like Tom Brady or Michael Jordan, these incredible athletes. But this was one of a dysfunctional team, and I find I find that it was more fascinating than you know you know hearing the greatness of Tom Brady. Um, oh yeah, 
it was. I mean, you know, I think Manchester City, the Yankees, and in the nineties, the Patriots in the early two thousands. It's just boring, you know. Right. Give and, us the drama. And it's more, you know. I think it's more relatable for people because most of us are ordinary citizens and we aren't the, the top 0.01% gifted like Tom Brady. So seeing, you know, people struggle or teams struggle um, is a lot more entertaining to me, at least. Well, May 21st. May 21st. All right. Till I die. Till I die. Speaking of, of uh, dysfunction, the Mets are not dysfunctional. That's for sure. And on our podcast that we uh, had a technical glitch and never got out, we made some some baseball picks. Do you remember who you picked? To uh... I did. I think I picked the um, the Blue Jays and the Dodgers. Though I'm tempted now. So that this, is about this is a redo. This is a redo. That now we're uh, yeah. The Yanks. The Yanks are off to a great start. Um, and a part of me wants to pick the Yankees and the Dodgers, you know, for a classic World Series, East Coast, West Coast. But how fun would it be a Subway Series Part 2? That would be fun. But if I don't know if I could take the Mets losing to the Yankees in another, another World Series. <laughs> series. That would... That would be uh, devastating. So you are you going Yankees-Dodgers or Yankees-Mets? I'll do Yankees-Dodgers because I have a feeling. Who is your NL pick? Well, the uh, so um, my thought was um, to, you know, like you, Do- Dodgers and, and Yankees. Um, but on that podcast, um, the – underground podcast that someday maybe we'll be able to recover it. I had picked the Brewer, the Brewers and the White Sox because it always seems to me in these baseball playoffs that the best teams um, somehow don't don't win as evidenced by the Braves last year. I think the Yankees and the Dodgers will have the best records in their prospective leagues. But I'll, I'll stick with the uh, Brewers and the White Sox. I know the White Sox are, are struggling now, but – I think I think they'll eventually win the, the central, and I don't know. It just seems seems like um, uh, you know a team that gets in the playoffs and gets hot, and it, it quite often isn't the um, you know the team with the best record. So you know the Dodgers and Yankees are a popular pick, but I'll go with the Brewers and the White Sox. I like it, and you're probably right because. The baseball playoffs just so weird. Um, though, how far do you think the Mets will go? Do you think they'll win the East? Do you think they'll win a playoff series? Ooh, you know, I've every time I pick the Mets, they they end up losing. But yeah, I think they're going to make the playoffs, and I think I, I do think that they'll they'll win their division. But I think that they will lose lose in the division around because. Um, their their bullpen, you know, it's not you're not going to be as strong as some of the some of the other teams. But I think they'll make the playoffs because their their new owner Stephen Cohen, the greatness of Stephen Cohen, will spend um, during the the 
the trade deadline to make sure that we have enough pieces to to push us into the playoffs. So I'll I'll say the Mets win the win their division, but lose lose in the divisional round. All right. Well, that would be a great year, and I think would give Mets fans a lot of hope oh, yeah. to build on. It just, uh, um, yeah, uh, crossing the fingers because every time they start out well, there's there's a collapse. But I think that this might be a little bit different because uh, they they spent a lot of money in the off season. They're acting like a big boy, big market market team. So um, I'm very optimistic they'll make the playoffs. Well, speaking of playoffs. The Seahawks were a long way from the playoffs last year. A long, long but way. But what are you, you know, we just had, we just finished another NFL draft. So we'll start with the team nearest and dear to your heart. What is your recap of the Seahawks draft? Oh, I thought it was an, ex- an excellent draft. It couldn't have gone any better because usually the, the Seahawks um, will pick someone in the first or second round that you're like, who the, who the heck are they? They could have gotten them in the later round. So they went into the draft um, needing um, a left and right tackle, and they secured uh, you know Charles Cross, their, their first-round pick, and then Thomas got in the um, you know, second round. So they've secured their left and right tackles, they they added the the second best running back in the draft. Um, they've added a couple uh, top flight cornerbacks. Um, so I was I was really really impressed with the Seahawk draft. It's so hard to tell with with um, drafts, but I just like the direction that they they went. And you know um, I was afraid that they were going to reach for one of these quarterbacks in the draft, um, but. The fact that only one quarterback was picked in the first two rounds, pick it to the Steelers, indicate to, will tell you everything you need to know about what the NFL thought about the quarterbacks in these drafts. Yeah. Well, I think that's smart. Do you think the Seahawks will make any moves, or do you think they'll stick with uh, Geno Smith for this season? I think I think they're they're going to stick with uh, with Geno and Drew Luck, and I think I think that they're going to let it play out uh you know if you you look at those games that that gino started last year uh it was he came in for injured russell wilson almost pulled out the game against the rams um went into overtime against the steelers uh you know had um you know like three really close games then then he was quarterback when he when they blew out the jaguars he was one in three but those three games could have easily been been wins he had five touchdowns one interception um you know he didn't have that late game magic but i think that i think that pete is confident in their they can run the ball and play good defense that that they'll have it they'll have a decent season and you know um so what's the alternative i mean they could they could wait till the the browns or have a fire sale with baker mayfield but is he really is he really going to be the future the future quarterback? Better off waiting till next year when the quarterback um, when the draft class is going to be loaded with quarterbacks. Well, I like it. Well, just as the weather warms, there's hope in in uh, Seattle. Any um, other teams you thought had a good or exceptionally bad draft? Well, 
Yeah, so it's so hard to tell with these drafts, but I mean, I like what the what the Chiefs did. Um, you know, they they replaced they uh, drafted a wide receiver to replace Tyreek Hill. Um, they had a need at cornerback. Um, I like what the Bills did, um, and then with the um, the Packers, um, the Jaguars did the Jets and the Ravens. But, you know, all, all those teams that I mentioned, you know, Chiefs, Ra- Ravens, Jaguars, Jets, and Ravens, they all, all the draft analysts gave them A's. But you go back to 2012, and the a lot of NFL analysts gave the, the Seahawks in the draft grade. They gave them D's and F's. And that was the draft that they drafted, um, you know, Bruce Irvin, Bobby Wagner, and Russell Wilson. So they drafted two Hall of Fame players in Russell Wilson and Bobby Wagner. But when the draft came out, they were like, you drafted a two-short cornerback, you drafted an undersized middle linebacker, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, we don't know. Who knows? Who knows? But I will say this, going in, going into the season, if you look at the NFC and the AFC, the AFC is loaded I mean, you look at all the young quarterbacks, all the teams in the NFC. I think that there's really only three, um, maybe four, the depending on the 49ers quarterback situation. It's only besides the Rams, Packers, or Bucks. Who do you like in the NFC? Is there anyone you like? The Cowboys. <laughs> no, I think the problem with the boys, as always, is I don't trust their head coach. I think Dak's a great quarterback, but McCarthy's shaky. And then, yeah, I, I wonder if that's what made Tom Brady want to come back for one more year. I wonder if he looked at the NFC and thought, yeah, I could do this. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I agree with your, your, your take on the Cowboys. Did you see who they picked, their first-round pick? You see what college he's from? well received, was it? Yeah, but he's from the University of Tulsa, so. Oh well, there you go. <laughs> That's two years in a row. We've uh, Tulsa has had a first round draft pick. That might be more than the University yeah. of uh, Texas. That's right. That's right. How who? How far have the Longhorns fallen, and how mighty the Hurricanes have risen? Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! It's. It's, it's crazy. Hey, before we get into uh, listener questions, do you have any? Uh, have you been watching at all or following at all any of the basketball or hockey? I have. Um, I've been checking the scores for the Mavericks. Um, actually, um, for any Dallas Mavs fan, this is sort of shocking, but they won their first playoff series since the 2011 NBA Finals. Oh wow. Um. They, yeah, so they won the first round, and the Mavericks are actually tied with the Suns at two games um, each in the uh, second round. So the Mavericks are doing well. Um, also, I don't follow the hockey season much, but I know that Denver loves their Colorado uh, Avalanche, and I think they successfully swept their first series. So there's a lot. Of, there's been a lot of Avalanche jerseys out and about that I've seen and a lot of people on the radio talking about the app. So like hot fever in Denver. A lot of buzz going around. <laughs> what about you? 
I know the trailblazers are out of it. Yeah, I I have not been following. Yeah, like you, I've been you know checking on the the scores, but I haven't been following the uh, following NBA um, scores. And my Islanders in hockey are have been eliminated, but so I'm following Colorado Colorado Avalanche, and uh, I think um, if I was gonna bet on one team to win, the Avalanche. A lot of people thought that they were gonna win last year, um, but they they got knocked out early. Um, well, that, yeah, I could do a live podcast from downtown during the parade. Absolutely. Well, I. You you might not like this since I know there's some Canadian teams that you don't like, but I always root for a Canadian team in the NHL playoffs because I just think they the Canadian team hasn't won the cup since '93 or something. And I mean, come on, Canada just loves the sport so so much. I'm ready for the Stanley Cup to come home to uh, Canada. Well, I do root for – I like the Vancouver Canucks, but there's two Canadian teams that I'll always root against. One is the Edmonton Oilers because in the 80s they battled the New York Islanders in several Stanley Cup finals. And the other is the Toronto Maple Leafs because they are kind of, they are kind of like um, the New York Yankees of hockey and that everyone, all the media just, just – talks them up and the Toronto media always disparages, um, you know, some other teams, especially the smaller market teams. So I have no love for Toronto Maple Leafs. They are Justin Bieber's team. So I'll give them that. But uh, no, I, I, I have to root against those two, but I'm fine with the uh, Vancouver Canucks. Oh, well, you heard it here first, folks. We do not, we are picking the ads for the Stanley Cup, but we are have the caveat that we are not following the NHL and NBA playoffs too. Uh, so maybe don't go to uh, Vegas with uh, with our picks. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we we have a couple listener questions. Um, the first one is from George from Mount Vernon. And George wants to know if if we were benevolent dictator of the world, is there a holiday that we would like to uh, upgrade to? The- yes. Um, I would say my holiday of choice would be that every four years, everyone gets the month off for the World Cup. Now, you might be saying, well, the U.S. doesn't like the World Cup that much. Why should we have the um, the uh, month off? But I say the World Cup is such a global event. You know, you already typically have people from around the world uh, watching the uh, games, um, not really paying a, uh, attention to their work. So why not just give the whole world, except for maybe, you know, the services to keep the power going and the food on the shelves why don't give the whole world off for the world cup and if you know people in the u.s don't want to watch the world cup have a have an nfl uh, games 
during that time or just but give the 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 whole world some time off to watch uh soccer to have some fun during the uh, the uh, day and just take a load off so is how how many weeks is the world cup the world cup is like three weeks four weeks three weeks yeah or four weeks yeah do we get the whole three weeks off yeah why not you know you hear that in in france they'll take the month of uh, i think they'll take a month off during the uh summer so why not give the whole world all right i like it i like it um yeah i could i could i could handle handle that um so my holiday would be i think that there's a lot of prejudice to people that eat meat um so in honor of Ron Swanson, I'd call this Ron Swanson Day. Uh, for those of you that don't know, he was in Park and Rec's um, TV show, and he was a big believer in eating meat. But there's been all this backlash about meat eating, and there's these they have these uh, you know meatless Fridays, um, you know veggie weeks, all this stuff. So I would have like a, a you know one Saturday where it's a veggie-less, meat-only Saturday. All you're going to eat, all you're going to eat is meat. (laughs) Meat, meat, meat. I like it. And I'm not talking about, you know, a little fish or whatever, you know, we're talking, you know, steaks. If you, if you don't believe in red meat, you can eat chicken, but I'm talking meat. Just the meat. Steaks and chicken. I'm in. And bacon. All right. Um, so our uh, next question is from uh, Neil, Neil Diamond from Los Angeles. And he wants to know what you think, what the guys think is the worst song of all time. Well, I think I'm going to have to. I don't know if Pharrell uh, listens to the podcast, so if he does, I have to say sorry. And maybe most of his songs are good, but I have to say his song, uh, How, um, the uh, Pharrell song, uh, How, How, I'm sorry, uh, Happy to me has to be the worst song (laughs) of all time. Um, It's just one of those catchy light pop tunes, but I think during the summer of 2012 and 2013, Every store, every pop radio station, every TV show played that song for months on end. And by the end of it, I was done. So sorry, uh, Pharrell, you might have some great other songs, but that song has been beaten to death and I think now should be scrubbed from the uh, music uh, catalog. So if you hear that on the radio, what do you do? Do you you go screaming out of your, your place? Exactly. <laughs> Happy. What yeah. about you? What song would you choose? Uh, mine was was dis- Disco Duck. I just thought that, that that was a horrible song. It was a song back in the 70s, and I remember it was a, as a little kid on the school bus. We had a school bus driver that used to, you know, crank up the, the volume, and it was kind of like this, you know, um, disco-y duck, duck song um, singing uh, disco. I, I, I didn't didn't at the time care much for for disco and i I certainly didn't like a little uh daffy donald duck 
singing singing a, a disco song. It would to this day it, it brings brings nightmares that I'll be stuck in a school bus having to listen listen to disco duck. Happy and disco duck. Yeah, two songs that we uh, avoid at all costs. Um, the next question that uh, we have is for uh, Mr. Rockefeller from New York, and he wants to know um, if if we could bankrupt an organization, a person, a, corp a corporation, a sports team. What organization or person would we would we bankrupt? And is this sports or is this any it, organization? Any or it could be sports or any organization. So I guess this is more of an industry, but I would do any organization that is involved in phone calls saying that your car uh, warranty has expired. Oh, that's good. <laughs> For the past month or so i've been getting about four or five of those calls each day it's always a robot voice and i'm just like who falls for this scheme and why are they just sending me all these phone calls each day i think it's terrible i think it should be banned so any business out there that makes money from those fake car oh car uh, warranty calls i say has to go they, so I take it that they leave voicemails. Yeah, they leave voicemails. Yeah, I get the I get those all all the time, and and recently I've been getting uh, texts from some of them too, and so yeah, I mean uh, there's nothing you can do but but go in and, and block them, um, but they they spoof numbers, so you know they could be calling from someone's real number, but but somehow um, you know Congress hasn't put a crack crackdown on um, these telecommunication companies to provide technology where, where these these uh, scammers can't uh, prevent people from spoofing numbers. Come on, Congress. This is something Republican, Democrat, we can all get behind. We can all get behind. So I have two. Um, one is a corporation and one is a sports team. And um, my corporation that I like to bankrupt is, is Wells Fargo. Um, I think that, uh, as one congressman said, that they're a criminal organization masquerading as a, as a company. I don't know if uh, our listeners have, have followed over the last 10 years, but um, several years back, Wells Fargo had to pay $3 billion in fines. They had to fire 5300 um, employees because they these employees created two million fake accounts. So if you were a customer at Wells Fargo, these employees would open up all these um, fake credit cards in your in your name. So all of a sudden you'd get these these bills for for membership fees, credit card fees from your company, and they did that over two million uh, and. You know they've been they refused to turn over documentation to to the Congress. So I just think that that's terrible. That's a terrible organization. And then the uh, the last is um, is a sports organization, and that would be the 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 Rams. And that's just because like I'm it. I'm a Seahawk fan, and uh, you know. 
I just think the NFL is in the bag for the, the Rams, as you saw when games that they played against the Seahawks. Um, Los Angeles doesn't even care too much about the Rams. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, that's that's why that's why. So yeah, that's that's why that's why I would bankrupt the Los Angeles Rams. Well, I like it. I think that the only team in Los Angeles just just leave it to Chargers. They're 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 fine, but LA does not need to. Uh, two um, teams, so the Rams gotta go. Absolutely, leave it to the leave it to the Chargers. Um, leave Los Angeles to the Chargers. So, yeah, I really uh, really liked your 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 take on your your bankruptcy and uh, the uh, the happy the happy song. Um, and I fully support three weeks off. For, for the World Cup. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. So before we sign off, any any final words to our beloved listeners? Yeah, well, um, you know, I know summer is kicking into a gear. Um, you know, so now we'll have the core of the baseball uh, season. But um, NFL won't be too long before, uh, before they start reporting for uh, training camps. And I'm sure there will be more twists and turns, so just enjoy the warm uh, weather. Enjoy the, this little lull in the sports. Um, if, if you're mainly a football fan, enjoy this lull. And if you have a team that's still in the NBA or the uh, NHL, uh, then good luck. In our next podcast, will you know either be in a month or so, or if uh, the Avalanche win the uh, Stanley Cup, Tanner will be uh, doing an impromptu podcast from the parade downtown Denver. Downtown Denver with Russell Wilson. Give me all the bacon and eggs you have. Wait, wait. I worry what you just heard was, give me a lot of bacon and eggs. What I said was, give me all the bacon and eggs you have.
That's right. Don't waste your time with those two songs. And a special shout out to GG for winning the KNA Sports Picks Podcast NCA Bracket Pool. Until next time, signing out.